We're going to kick off this next season of Zero Credits, episode 301, with a bang. Here we go. Sharks don't make sounds. Across 400 to 500 species, no one has ever found an organ even capable of producing sound. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's just because sharks don't play the organ, they might play the piano, John. Together we're Henry and Oregon John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that their zeitgeist in order to make the world quieter for sharks. They love the quiet. Now, of course, sharks. I almost said sharks. Sharks. Uh, Shorks. Shorks. I nigh shorks. <laughs> Get away from that shark mite. I uh there before sharks evolved, they could make noise and it was just them going <laughs> They constantly swam around because they could never stop moving, just going <laughs> unsettling everyone around them. Yeah, and you know, it's water, so you can't hear it unless they're close, so you know, imagine how terrifying that would be if you were like a monkey in the water. Well, generally, I think it'd be pretty scary to be a monkey in the water. I thought sound carried better in water than it does air for like longer, like longer waves, like sonar. Oh, maybe it's just not as loud because a scream underwater is certainly not as loud as a scream above water. Right. But also we're not equipped to make them loud noises underwater because we got these air organs. We do have, we do have, I mean, if you drop a rock in a pond, those ripples are going to go for a long way. But if that rock was you saying the word clown, that wouldn't go very far at all. But whales can communicate over long distances by singing to yeah. each other. No, they figured it out. That, okay, so it's just because we, we haven't figured it out. Yeah, we don't have the right organ, unfortunately. We don't, we don't have the right organ. We've got, we've got pipe organs. They've got, like, electronic. Can monkeys swim? I feel like a mon- monkey. I know swim? I keep. I know I keep going back to this, but I feel like a monkey in the water is just like fish food. Like uh, sloths can swim, not albeit not too fast. So I, hmm. I, I would, I would guess, I would guess your tail-bearing monkey can swim. I would guess your tailless ape, maybe not so much, but maybe chimpanzees as an exception. I don't know. Yeah, gorillas <laughs> shit gorillas out a lot when it comes to yeah. swimming. They're called mountain gorillas. They're not called ocean gorillas. Yeah, they're not ocean gorillas. Uh, not ocean gorillas. <laughs> are we in Mayor of East Town right now? No, I just put a little extra pepper on that ocean for some reason. <laughs> Can you go down the ocean and find me a murder? Is <laughs> it? I so I uh, like a lot of people of my generation, John. I learned how to pronounce ocean from Ocean Avenue. <laughs> of course, Ocean Avenue. There's a place on Ocean Avenue. <laughs> oh, it, it snuck into the avenue there, too. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole song, really. Uh, but yeah, monkey is dead. If, if, a monkey gets <laughs> wet, if a monkey gets wet, it's so dead. Oh, it's like a rabbit in that regard. Rabbits die when they get wet? They can freeze. They can get hypothermia if you get them wet like one time at room temperature. You gotta be. You have to like dry them immediately. Never bathe a rabbit. Okay, here, real shit. We had a rabbit growing up. 
uh, for a very short time because rabbits are nature's most fragile creature. I'm not even kidding. A rabbit can be scared to death. A rabbit can strain to death. A rabbit can apparently get hypothermia from getting wet once. They are insanely fragile. That's why there's so many of them. Yeah, they gotta, they gotta keep. That's why they, uh, they have babies so fast. They're like, hey, quantity over quality. Yeah, I mean, passing down the the genetics is all that matters. Yeah, the weak, weak genetics. Them weak, weak genes. John, it's a crazy time to be alive. It is a crazy time to be alive. And speaking of weak genes, I blew out the gusset of my Levi's five one five skinny mom cut jeans. John, what's a gusset? It's the crotch area. Oh, I didn't. Why do we keep coming up with the the, the least appealing names for the crotch area? <laughs> this one's old. I think this one's old. You got the gusset. You got the grundle. You got the taint. <laughs> like, I think it's just because people are too afraid to admit how beautiful and necessary that part of the body is. They're really afraid of their own feelings is what it is, yeah. They, mm, so yeah, they give it sure. a name that's like no one wants to say. Yeah, look, you know what's fucking awful? We call that the crotch. And you know what the crotch is? The cradle of all civilization and life. But you know the dumb little uh, upper part of the lip? Cupid's bow or whatever. You lost me completely. I'm saying we called it a crotch, and then we call everything else like, oh, that's oh, your yeah. sacrum, or your cupid's bow, or your that's selenium. Your, that's your humerus. That's your uvula. Yeah. That's your duodenum. We, we I, as a species, I think we really like messed up the naming of ourselves, because, I mean, we came up with like thunderbolt. That's a really great word. Why is that not on my body? Yeah, why couldn't the things I use to pick up, like, meat and vegetables be called Thunderbolts? Oh, I stubbed my battleship <laughs> stubbed on my the ba- table. <laughs> stubbed my battleship, of course. Ow, I can't believe I just hit my gladiator on the table. Right, like, how, how, how is right and left? How is it not sword hand and shield hand? Sword <laughs> like, hand and shield hand, obviously. We, gr- we were a militaristic people... Why are we not named after our weapons? Actually, and why don't we call our eyes blood cannons? <laughs> oh, you mean your looky holes? <laughs> your looky holes, of course, also known as your blood cannons. Yeah, they were called looky holes for a while, and then Shakespeare started calling them blood cannons. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we got to rein this in. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to call them peepers. <laughs> we're going to call them Mister Peepers. They're going to eat apples peepers. real fast." Uh, yeah, Shakespeare ca- canonically, famously uh, coined peepers and peephole. <laughs> peepers and peephole. Yeah, he was like, uh, I think thine lady doth is a keeper when I look upon her with my peepers. I do love that play peepers and peephole are dead. Yeah. One of my favorites written by uh, Tom Stoppard. Uh-huh. But riffing, of course, on Peeplet. Uh, Peeplet, <laughs> yes. Riffing big, big, t- big Once time. again, uh, oh, you mean the Peepish play? The Peepish play, of course. The Peepish play. <laughs> yeah. Peeplet that has characters named 
Not the main character. <laughs> no, no, no. So, they're the comic relief. Yeah, the comic relief peepers of people in Peeplet, a.k.a. the Peepish play. Yeah, and much like comic relief in those Shakespearean plays, they foil the main character of Peeplet and die off screen. Yeah, of course. They die off screen. Oh, um, what are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about Peeplet. Yeah. John, it's a crazy time to be alive. Because <laughs> it, it is. We live in a world. The U.S. is going to default on its debt. That's fun. Individual and, debt is at an all-time high of $17 billion. Uh, members of the GOP are openly calling for people to end democracy. Peepers. <laughs> peepers. But uh, <laughs> calling for peepers to end democracy. Yeah, it's a crazy time, but that's not none of that is what I'm referring to, of course, John. Oh, what could possibly be crazier than the things we've already outlined? We live in a crazy time, John. We live in a world where in exactly three days, we will have the first of the last Fast and Furious movies that shall ever be made. Yes, the first of two. The penultimate of the ultimate. Yes, that's right. The first of two, exactly two, count count them, one, t- oh wait, what's that? I'm getting breaking news, John. Oh, before you reveal the breaking news, let it be known that it was promised that there would be a two-part finale to the Fast and Furious franchise. That's right. Remember that Vin Diesel himself, I'm getting more breaking news, John. Oh, no. Uh, there's a fast surprise before this movie came out fast X before it comes actually last week, this news broke last week, John Mm. Vin Diesel himself, Mr. Fast (laughs) himself, Mm -hmm. Mr. Furious teased a 12th fast and furious movie saying the studio asked for a three part finale after seeing fast X. (laughs) Okay. Let me, let me parse this, though, a little bit. To say this, of course they did. Yeah. The studio wants 80 of these movies. Yes. That's not good. That's not a good thing to say. That's not a fun peek behind the curtain. But yay, yeah. three more of these movies that um, you and I are still so excited about. We are super excited. Uh, I, I am referring to an article by... Zach Scharf from Variety, and I quote, uh, The plan has long been to split the finale into two films, Fast X and the upcoming 11th installment, but franchise mastermind Vin Diesel let it slip at the Fast X world premiere in Rome that the finale might actually be spread across three films instead, which means a surprise 12 Fast and Furious movie might be on the way. Mm, it, it never ends. This is a real Hobbit, the unexpected journey. This is a, this is a real Hobbs, the unexpected journey. Yeah, this is this is Hob Hob Hobbits, Hobbs and Shobbits. Hobbs and Shobbits nailed it. Got it. Journey. Yes. Um, Mr. Diesel has been quoted as saying, "Going into making this movie, the studio asked if this could be a two-parter, and after the studio saw this one, they said." Could you make Fact Sex the finale a trilogy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of course. Super, you know, I think it speaks to the strength of Fact Sex that they were like, we're going to need another movie after this one. Yeah, no, it really speaks to the strength of how good the movie is. I, I think that that's clear. Yep. Um, 
<laughs> Apparently, Michelle Rodriguez added, it's three acts in any story. I mean, the hero's journey, right? <laughs> right? That's, she, that's she, what she that just, is. She just said it's, it's three, three acts in any story, that's... and then apparently disappeared without any further <laughs> comment. She just got up and said it's three acts in every story, left. Yeah. Um, okay, she does say more things. She says it's not really an ending, but it's also like you can't do this to us. We're your diehard fans. You can't do this to us. <laughs> That's what hey. she says. That, oh, apparently, oh God, you can't read any interview anymore. <laughs> That's apparently about the ending of the movie we haven't seen yet. Oh, let me say though, I I don't, I I do agree with the original context in which that was read, and that uh, we we are diehard fans. You can't do this to us. Yeah, you can't. You can't, you can't keep do, doing this to us. Please, honestly, stop. Um, I. The worm's turned. The the worm has turned, Henry. We were were very excited for this last one, and I think we were also very excited to have the first podcast in person since COVID, which we have not had since, because fuck that. Um, Well, the commute. Why why would we commute to do the podcast when we could do it from home? Of course. Now, uh, we will be commuting to do the podcast for the supplemental reading of Fast X. Yeah, uh, because they you. have to be done in person. Right, coming to you soon, um, but maybe not soon as soon as we previously thought. Um, but yes, uh, I, I think you're right. I think honestly, people have for years been saying like superhero fatigue is is going to get you. It's going to sneak up on you. It's going to bite you. It's going to take a chunk out of your life. You're going to die bleeding on the street. People have said this to me, mm-hmm. and I think what it is is. It's not so much superhero fatigue. I think I'm just burnt out on franchises. I could not agree more. Now, superhero fatigue hit me hard. Uh, Maybe uh, however long ago Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings or whatever it was. Uh, Two years ago. Only two years ago? I'm going to check it. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings? Yeah. Seven rings? Ten rings? No, it's legend. Yeah, 2021. Wow. Okay, two years ago. Two years ago. I kind of swore off of these, and then there was a bunch of superhero stuff on Disney Plus that I just don't care about. Um, So I've had superhero fatigue, but I feel you on the franchise fatigue. You know what? We we have this conversation. I'm going to say once every three podcasts. Love Star Wars. Sick to death of it. Don't really want to see any more of it for a long time. Yeah. Although you should watch Andor. That's what people keep saying, and I never will. Yeah. Uh, I just don't... No worries. Yeah, so I'm tired. I, I'm also tired, but I love movies. I will go to movies I don't even want to watch, and I'll watch them because I like movies. I just think the first trailer for this movie just put such a bad taste in my mouth by just... Clearly, whoever's doing the marketing for the movie did not trust the movie to stand on its own legs because Mm. it revealed just so goddamn much Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, it's one of those trailers where it's like, I don't need to see the movie anymore. I I watched it. I just watched it in eight minutes. The the unfortunate, this was true of um, Hobbs and Shaw and whatever the one after that was as well as the, the trailers are some of the worst offenders of the giveaway the entire movie genre 
of trailer. Like, I don't want to insult the intelligence of the people that they're aimed at, but like literally, unless they like pull a barbarian, (laughs) uh, literally everything in the movie is given away by the trailer. Like, unless if you have like one wrinkle on your brain, you're able to intuit the entire plot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. Uh, I just, I disagree with it. I would go a different way. Honestly, the trailer, I would say like Ben Diesel is on a screen. This, this footage is not in the final cut of the movie, but he's like just standing in a pitch dark room and just says, uh, the saga is coming to an end. And then it's just a list of names of people in the movie. And then it's just like fast X May 19th. Mm-hmm. No, that would be great. Give me that. Because we know what to expect going into a Fast and Furious movie. We you know have already. all the cachet you need. Yeah. There is no one Your in audience. the world, if you show them a trailer for Fast X, who's like, I'm kind of on the fence about whether I'll see that or not. Or not even that. Like, there's no one you'd show the idea of this trailer to who'd be like, I don't know what to expect from that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, your audience is built into the point that even people who have never watched a Fast and Furious movie in their life know what you're about. Yeah, you're in or you're out at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. So that is just, it's bummed me out a little bit. And then, of course, I don't know, Vin Diesel becoming more and more of a prima donna has bummed me out a little bit. But I am excited to see Jason Momoa work with Shirley's Theron because I hear he's very excited about that. He's very excited about, and I hear he's a a bad boy with a little bit of panache. Got a little bit of panache. I'm I'm looking forward to see the panache. Really, um, I you know if the trailer's any indication, I got zero panache. So maybe that's what the movie will give uh, us that the trailer didn't. They held back the panache. Yeah, they're like, we'll we'll give you everything except the panache. Yeah, we'll hold on to that. That's a gift for you later when you go to the theaters. There will be one scene where he like winks. <laughs> I just know if we go to see this movie together or separate, doesn't matter. If when I go to see this movie, if there's a message before the movie that thanks me for being in the theater to watch it, I think I'll walk out. It's actually a little bit... I have a little insight for you for the pre-roll of Fast X. Okay. And it it is um, Dominic Toretto. No, it's Vin Diesel. And he's looking at the camera and he's very uh, earnest. And it's, it's shot in like a weird high frame rate. And he's like, from everyone here, the cast and the crew buying Fast X... We want to thank you all for being here with us as part of this journey. And thank you so much for choosing to experience this part of our journey. And then the set falls away behind him and he's in a car and he says in a car and then (laughs) they speeds away. And then you're like, but we're not in a car. But then you look again and you realize what you sat in was not a theater seat. It was a car. You're speeding after him. You're in the movie. Now we're talking. You're in the movie. You were, you wondered why the theater was empty except for you and all the seats were Recaro racing <laughs> seats. Uh, 
The theater's packed. Vin Diesel's like, you and 100 other people, you're part of the familia now. Let's go. <laughs> and then every showing, they, they do a special little thing. And then there's a, a deep faked Paul Walker. And then he, he turns to you and he says, thank you for coming on this journey with us. We love you, Michael. Because <laughs> they had to like deep fake fake every person's name. Michael. <laughs> he says, we love you, Michael. In the background, there's like a car revving because the sample they got for the eye sound is from a scene that had a car revving in the background. Oh, God. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Oh, man. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty special. Now I'm jazzed about it again. No. So I, we, I was talking about this with Jamie. Um, I think what's the, the problem with the franchise that I have lately is that they're, 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 they're best when they're villains. They're best when they're criminals, and they haven't been criminals in so long. Uh, agreed. It is... Post Mr. Nobody, these movies just aren't good. Mr. Nowhere, Mr. Nobody, what is it? Mr. Nobody, and then there was Mrs. Nowhere from that very good award-winning animated show. Very good show that we watched all of. Don't question me. (laughs) Never. I would never. I would never question. Question me. But post Mr. Nobody, these movies just get kind of insufferable. Yeah. Yeah, and there are good ones. I liked Fate of the Furious. I'm it not an was, idiot. It was okay. It was good fight. because one of them was being bad, and it's good to see those people be bad. Yeah, they play good. I look. Some people were meant to be heels, right? Like that's fine. That's your role. There's nothing saying that these people can't be like heel faces like there's nothing saying that they can't just be likable i mean honestly the 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 best movie in the franchise fast five is them fighting against the forces of good but they ultimately are against another criminal yeah if it's if it's just a battle in the weird criminal underworld of the fast universe sure i love it give me more of that absolutely i mean Criminal versus criminal for petty revenge is great when they're the ones getting the revenge. Yeah, crim versus crim. Exactly. Um, but I feel like what we're going to get is like criminal versus criminal where someone's trying to re- get revenge on them, which we've done. We did that in, what, Fast 7 when um, Shaw goes after everybody? Or was that Fast 6? I really don't remember. I think I really it was 6. Remember. I think it was 6. Sure. I don't remember. I can't keep these straight. Look, we love the series. We love the series. We're seeing the movie in three days. We're very excited. We live in crazy times. I'm not seeing it in three days, probably. Also, same. I got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. Yeah. Just a lot. Um, But we'll see it eventually. And uh, we'll see it soon. That's what we'll say. We'll we'll see it soon. It's true. It's true. But yeah. This is a huge month. what a time to be alive, John. Fast X, three days out. By when this episode airs, it will have been out. People will might have already seen it. But it's a crazy time to be alive. It's a crazy time to be alive. 
There's never been a crazier time to be alive. You know why? Why? Get that Spider-Verse 2 coming out. Yeah, June 2nd or whatever. It's like all the things we care about are happening at the exact same the time. Exact My birthday. Yeah. Your birthday, June 3rd. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Your birthday, June 13th. Oh, uh, too high. Uh, your birthday is June. I don't have to say it a lot on the podcast, but I do know what it is now. Okay, good. It's lucky. It's lucky. <laughs> it's lucky. Yeah, it's wait, a lucky wait, day. A what? It's a lucky day. Oh. That's also Jamie's parents' anniversary. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, they better not get a fucking present. And I better get what present they were going to get. All right. And it better be the gold anniversary, baby. Oh, I think they've been together more than five years. Five years is gold? Five years is wood. It's wood. Oh, I need that wood. <laughs> One year is paper. It is. Yeah. All right. Um. So, John, I've got a new, a new game we can play together on the podcast. I love games. It's a bit famously, a, famously, I love games. He famously loves games, folks. I yeah. Um, so you're familiar with like those social deduction games, right? Um, yeah, like uh, uh, sexy werewolf, win lose banana, secret Hitler. Yeah, yeah, Amogus, sexy werewolf, Amogus, sexy werewolf, Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to play a little social deduction game here on the podcast. Um, and it's gonna, the, the, okay. So the, the aim of the game is to determine which of us is secretly playing Zelda, the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom while on the podcast. Uh huh. Okay. Be, Cause there's no way that not one of us between the two of us, there's no way that not one of us is playing it currently right um yeah it's, i think that's accurate so we're just gonna keep doing the podcast but if you think that one of us is playing tears of the kingdom at any given moment you call right in fans at home now are are we allowed to say when we think the other person is playing tears of the kingdom yeah absolutely that's part of it i did i, did, I just want to include i wanted to include the the fams Oh, yeah, drop in the comments if you want $10,000, and we'll give you your sight and your hearing back, and tell us when Zelda's happening. What? Mr. Beast? Maybe you've heard of him? Okay, yeah, I have. Uh, But yeah, so crazy time to be alive, John. Tears of the Kingdom, The Legend of Zelda, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, took six years to make, released last Friday. And my life has become a cycle of trying to play it as much as possible while also being alive and like doing stuff around the house. Yeah. I mean, it took him six years to make it, but you mean to tell me they couldn't have like made Link like cooler with like a beard and a man bun (laughs) are you you telling me they couldn't have made link like cool and badass but Um, he's just like a little guy damn he's a little guy who they put in like a, a frilly little ancient toga you mean to tell me they couldn't make link a little bit cool 
this is stupid. Yeah. This game's stupid. I'm going to play Gears of War instead. It took them six years to make, and um, it's it's good. It's good. Why are you so mad? They just didn't make Link cool. They didn't give him, like, an AR-15. Um, it's so good. It I Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing, man. When I... F- here's everything. The thing, man. It, that's the thing, dude. Uh, the only thing, man, that I saw about this game before it came out is uh, literally an Instagram ad with like a picture, like a screenshot and the box art. And that's all I knew about it. And I was like, I'll buy it because Breath of the Wild is probably one of the best games ever made. And uh, part of me was thinking, oh, this is just going to be some some cash in like DLC, which I'm all for (laughs) cash in DLC. If I get to play more breath of the wild, you, you bet I completed trials of the sword or whatever. (laughs) Tons of times rode that motorcycle. Yeah. 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 Um, turns out makes the first game look like a first draft. Like it's, it's, it's insane. Oh yeah. So I, 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 I caught up with all the marketing. I watched the the videos and the releases. And I was really excited, and um, but I was likewise like, well, what could they really do to recapture the magic of that first game? Uh, that that opening moment when you crawl out of your your weird cryo chamber cave, and and you just walk out and see like the the expansive landscape and the wind blowing and like the little little piano notes that like just capture the whole motif like there's a light touch is the whole motif of the game it's like you find your adventure we're not gonna point you we're gonna give you direction not like a general direction you find your way there yeah Um, the the opening of breath of the wild is genius because when you first like break out into the open world from the tomb of awakening or whatever the temple of awake whatever whatever it's called the cryo chamber cave cryo chamber cave uh, when you break out and there's this like kind of faux HDR effect, there's this like big soaring music. And then as you approach the cliffside, it diminishes into this very small, like uh, tinkling high octave light motif to show that like, Oh, you're tiny. Yeah. You, you are, you are vi- <laughs> like, it, it takes the, the scale that you thought was going to be this big grand adventure and like totally shrinks it down to be like, Oh, you are, you're echoing in a, in a massive cavern of, of the open world of this game. Like you are very small. And how could they beat that? Yeah. A uh, really great question. Like, how do you follow up on some of the, like the most, well-defined opening to a game they ever did and uh they they answered it by saying well now we're gonna do that plus a story (laughs) (laughs) yes we're gonna do story this time there's a story this time and also the the opening scene the opening shot the title card shot for tears of the kingdom yeah insane because you're it's it's just unbelievable the scope that is revealed to you when you do that first plunge. It's so cool. There's Absol- such there's yeah. such th- this game's whole thing is verticality and it communicates that to you instantly. 
Absolutely, yeah. From the well, honestly, like the uh, you know tutorial island, as it were, um, like this that felt more expansive than the tutorial area in the first game for sure. To the point where it's like this ice section feels twice as long as the ice section in the last game, and then you do that, you you do the jump. Yeah, because the the ice section on the Great Plateau is maybe like five minutes. This one, to me, and it's only because it's been a while since I played Breath of the Wild. Like this is like a significant portion of Hebra or whatever the ice Laneru the ice section was called. I think I don't know. Mm. Uh, but I was like, this feels like a huge portion of that, and this is just the beginning. Even yeah. the beginning, like, has huge amounts of verticality. It has caves and climbing and a bunch of monsters and puzzles. It kicks the shit out of the Great Plateau. Absolutely. And then that's bigger. And then they're like, all right, you know, you, you did it. You did the thing. You deposited your sword <laughs> into mm-hmm. a, a thing. Um, go ahead, you know, jump. And the, the crazy thing to me is like, they're like, yeah, you're, you're in Hyrule. You, you want to go like, they kind of point you in a direction. And for those first five minutes on the ground and, and, and Hyrule kingdom, I was just like, where the fuck am I? Yeah. I, I it's like, I I've traveled kind of like every major location in this app, um, app. It's every, an app. Everything's an app. Yeah, every every major location in this game, and then from the second that I'm on the ground in the sequel, it feels like a completely different world. I mean, even backing up a little bit to the initial suite of powers you get from those first three shrines. Oh, yeah. Literally the first power you get, because I, I had not followed, and apparently this was all over like promotional materials, these first three powers. Yeah. Um, but it's just the ability to stick anything you want together. Uh, and then the ability to fuse anything you want to weapons, bows, arrows, or arrows specifically. And then like when you're unleashed onto the Hyrule that you spent probably hundreds of hours in, you're like, I have these very weird powers that make this a completely different experience than what I had before. Also, Hyrule's totally different now. Everything's different. Everything has changed. Um, e- even to the point where it's like, in the first game, yeah, you walking on the road, you might see a, a traveler every once in a while. And now it's like, no, the kingdom's bustling. Like, there are travelers everywhere. You will never be on the, alone on the road. I'm like, that's really cool, because that's such a different that stands in stark contrast to the first game in this and this duo duology. Yeah, of course, uh, the studio does want a third one. Um, so. <laughs> Vin Diesel announced at mm-hmm. the at the premiere of um, Tears of the Kingdom that they the studio did ask if he could do it in three. Yeah, and uh, he's Link now. Um, so, well, he's Link and Zelda. Yeah. And you know, there's three parts to every story, so there's it's uh, three, it's to it's understandable. Honestly, there's just three parts to every story, and that's the part that I need everyone to understand. Yeah, it's it's critical to understand. But no, like walking around this new Hyrule field map, there's parts that like were are flooded now because of the upheaval that are to- like every single thing that you have this like really strong 
like muscle memory about like the Thundra plateau or whatever. It's totally different now. It's all different. And uh, just the NPCs are all over the place and they all got their own little things going on. Horses are different now. Yeah, they are different. Um, But it also remembers your horses. It remembers your horses? If you have a save file on the same switch, yeah, you can use horses that you you caught in Breath of the Wild. What? Yeah. I had no idea. You can use your horses... I can um, bring back PlayStation. Is it the name of a horse? Or? Yeah, that was the name of my <laughs> horse in Breath of the Wild was PlayStation. I think you can, yeah. Yes. But I, I've had so many like interactions with NPCs where it's like, that feels like it should be a quest. But no, they just have their own wants and needs. And like the video game people pleaser that I am, I'm like, oh, no, I'll take on that quest for you. It's like, that's not a quest. That's just they're going about their daily life. Yeah, they're just saying something. I've encountered so many people who have like real shit to say. And I'm like, oh, that's going to turn into a quest. No. No. Like I saved a, a Gerudo person and they were like, yeah, I'm a treasure hunter checking out these falling islands. Think I might go east. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to get a quest saying this person's going east. No. No, they're just going east. <laughs> they're just They're just going east, just doing their thing. I like how many people are traveling now because it's a way to differentiate from the first game that really felt like an untamed, unconquered wilderness to now it's like there are outposts being set up. There's, you know, construction materials kind of everywhere and people are they're they're bustling out there. Plus, there's a whole like squad of people who are like, yeah, we're the monster fighters. We make sure the countryside is safe for people to travel. And it's like, of course you are. Of course, that's a thing that would exist in this world. That's really great. Yeah, I never get a quest about it, but the quest completed in that I met the guy who's the monster hunter guy, and I just saw them moving in formation across the field. I'm like, I'll go see what they're up to. They straight up went up to like a huge monster encampment, and there was this specific mini game about defeating more monsters than yeah. your guys. I was like, what is happening? This is great. Yeah. It, 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 in more ways than one, this game feels so like it's a living, breathing world. Like the first mm-hmm. one definitely accomplished that, but now it's like, we're elevating that and de-escalating that at the same time. Cause you can go in the sky and above the ground. Oh yeah. That is uh, the first time I did the equivalent of the, uh, towers that yeah. you climbed in the old game, <clears throat> which by the way, the way that the towers have changed really uh, drives home the thesis of this game, which is like, it's huge. It's crazy. You're in the sky <laughs> yeah. connected with a weird cable. Um, but the first time I did that, it's like sky map updated. And there are a bunch of islands in the sky. It's like, Oh shit. You gotta go. I'm, I'm gonna be moving. I have not been to one yet. It it's harder than you think. I I kind of want to find one of those like pieces of garbage that falls down from an <laughs> island randomly and use the reverso spell on it and see yeah. if it takes me up. Yeah, um, that's real fun finding the random garbage and taking it up. Uh, I really like like there's a, a lot of times it goes up to like wait, nothing. That works. Like, wait, what? That works. I thought you were going to laugh at my idea. Oh, that works, John. 
Oh my god. Oh no, that works. Oh my god. That's what that spell is for. It's it does a lot of really cool stuff, does honestly. It, it's say it it there are sometimes I'm in a shrine and I can't for the life of me figure out the puzzle. And it's like, well, if I finagle something and use the reverso spell, I think I can like skirt by and it works. <laughs> I uh very unfortunately there was a, a shrine where there was like a essentially a giant pit in the middle and you had to like to manipulate these uh hot air balloons. I was like, but what if I attach a fan to this piece of wood and blow it all the way to the other wall and then it will fall down the wall <laughs> and then I can go back to it and hop on it and just reverse it up the wall and then Yeah. It's great. It the first game had like certain physics like the magnetic power had some physics based things and you could do some things with cryo and water um and then the uh, the energy oh transfer. cryo no one used cryo okay. for anything other than crossing bodies of water yeah but there was that one that uh, you could like do build up energy and fling something right yeah that was the one that is how all uh, breath of the wild speed runs operate yeah. now but uh like there were certain things you could do but it really feels like well in this one your set of powers are so diverse and so ubiquitously utilitarianly helpful that it's like if you have a problem you can meld shit together you can reverse time like there are multiple solutions you can do to try to try to figure it out even the guy holding the signs up is genius what a great puzzle it's perfect it's it's so good because everyone has you think outside the box a little bit yeah uh, for those of you who who haven't played the game, I'm just going to explain this one part. Also, um, for those of you who haven't played the game, turn the podcast off. Go now, play the because it's go all we're going to talk about. Yeah, for real. Um, all right. So there's there's this guy. He's advertising his his construction company. It's not his. He works for the construction company, and uh, he he's holding up a sign to try to put it up, but it's going to fall down as soon as he lets go. So it's up to you with your ability to meld things together to, to come up with such a structure that will catch and hold the sign long enough for him to fasten it into the ground mm-hmm. with the shittiest. <laughs> That's, it's like he ties it together with ropes and snakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, uh, I, I, I laugh every time because, like, I take like ten minutes fashioning a very sophisticated thing just to prop it up. You're like, I've I've attached two logs to a sail that I have to scoop up under the sign and stick the top part of the sail through a hole. Yeah, and (laughs) end result is like, yeah, no, this is this is gonna hold. It's three sticks roped together. I, I, I gotta say though, I think this is a, a theme generally, is that this guy is like a sycophant for the president of the Hudson Construction Company. Correct. And when you first meet him, you're like, this guy's kind of weird and annoying, I don't like him. But he he, along with every NPC, casts the Zelda game spell on you, which is everyone's kind of 
a neurotic weird like everyone has something wrong with them that's very endearing every npc in zelda games is like this person's kind of fucked up in an adorable way and it is a time tested method to get you to like npcs yeah every person in lookout landing is like this person's kind of weird and i like it yeah they're all any idiosyncratic like nobody feels generic or too generic that each every person has at least one specific trait about them it even goes back to ocarina of time like that's a mailman he runs real fast all the time he'll mow you down why is he doing it likes to be fast yep exactly i mean no further explanation necessary you got those guys throwing you know balls at each other in the town square Mm Hmm. they exist what are they doing (laughs) i don't know Give me, give me answers. <laughs> but they're just doing it. They're just, they got weirdo. Yeah. They're weirdos with weird haircuts doing a weird thing. Whereas the first game was very light in its touches of music, I feel like this game is definitely like, yeah, we're gonna bring more music in. Oh yeah, it it definitely feels more maximal than Breath of the Wild. Yeah. In fact, in some ways, it follows what. Um, some people consider to be like a, a kind of staid playbook for video game sequels, which is like make it uh, bigger, louder, more complicated. You know, the modern warfare approach. Right. Uh, but for Breath of the Wild, that totally works because that's exactly what you want. The fact that they can take Breath of the Wild and be like, you know what? We saw the people like physics stuff. How about you have the craziest suite of those things possible? Also, you can glue a sword to a sword and go nuts. <laughs> and there's a ton of amazing music. And also Zelda's stuck in time or something. And also there's like weird furries now. Oh, there's, you know, King of Hyrule. Also, you have a paraglider. and You also have a plane. You can make a plane. You can, you make, can a make, plane. make a plane. Just make a plane. Why not make a plane? Just make a fucking plane about it. It's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say though, quick, quick aside, the physics engine in this is so good Yeah, in, in ways that you don't think. So like if you had something in any other video game, by the way, this is just Zelda Gary's mod, but if you had like a, a wheel in any other game, it would simply like turn and its forces would enact on like itself and it would propel itself forward if its surfaces were in contact with another surface. But this has friction. Like if a wheel is below a board and it has sufficient torque, it can like kick the board out. Or if you place it like against like a, a rail, you can make like a, a cart that'll yeah, take yeah. you. It's crazy. It, it's re- If you stick boards to a wheel and put it in water... You get like a paddle boat. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, but I, I just wanted to circle back to your point about like m- m- le- more maximal than minimal. And, and I think m- this is all pure conjecture and speculation. But it's like we're already building on that minimalist game of Breath of the Wild. We're already adding to it. You know, if, if we add too little 
they're going to say, if we add too little for the sake of trying to remain minimalist, they're going to say not enough change. That's going to be the major critique. So I, I feel like they took that thought and ran with it. They're like, we're going to, we got to change so much. We got to add so much. And so like the, the design philosophy switched from minimalist to not maximalist, but like just flying in the face of that minimalism while building on it. It's like, this is the only way we can do a sequel without being called glorified DLC or whatever. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of ways, the, the ethos of making breath of the wild is saying, Oh, wouldn't that be cute? Like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cute if like you could make a fire by hitting Flint next to some wood? Like, that's interesting. That's cute. This is like, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't yeah. it be cool if you could stick a bunch of wheels to a flame spinning face? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not for, for sure. Like, yeah, the first game was like, well, it would be neat for the first time in a Zelda yeah, game. Neat like, is a good yeah. word. It, it would be neat if you, when you set a field on fire, there was an updraft that you could then use your paraglider to like sail across some, some land. That would be really neat if that happened. And this one's like, what if we gave them the ability to attach lasers, a laser blaster to their shield? Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, Hey, what if this monster encampment was a talus? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What if the what? If, yeah, what if the Moblins built their fortress on top of a stone talus? Yeah, I think they would. Yeah, let's do that. I think, given enough time, that would happen. Uh, it, it's so good. Honestly, the game is just like we want you to build a mech to fight that stone talus thing. Uh-huh. We want that for you. We want you to put Metal Gear versus Stone Gear. <laughs> we want we want you to make Metal Gear Rex. We want yeah. this to happen. Uh, I'm consciously like trying to stay away from a lot of media about this game because uh, I got to Breath of the Wild maybe a year and a half after it came out. And after that point, like, you know, you can avoid like watching literal videos of like the the blight boss fights and uh, right. calamity Ganon fight, but a lot of it had been spoiled, and I'm just not looking into anything, and I'm uh, consistently surprised uh, and also horrified. This game has truly horrifying enemies in it. Oh man, it's spooky, and, and they they will pop up. It'll oh man. Uh, there, I'm you, not you to, seen a horriblin yet? That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hor- yeah, I. So I was talking with a friend about this earlier, but yeah, I was exploring a cave and I was taken down, uh, hitting rocks with a stone hammer to break them, you know, one at a time to get through. Of course. Like, and I'm doing that, and all of a sudden, I, I not even lying to you, a long orange hand stuck <laughs> out, reaching yep. for me, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. Yep. Mm-mm. Fuck that. Uh, I I don't even want to spoil this, but it is like gloom related. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just in a cave and the most horrifying thing I could have possibly imagined okay. happened. Uh, watch out. All right. That's good to know. If you're if you're looking for shrines underground and you hear music start and you if you hear the gloom music start, get out of there. Oh, yikes. Okay. That's so horrifying. Oh my gosh. Um, But yeah, speaking of horrifying, like 
this game brought like likes back. And I, oh I, my god, when I saw that thing, I yeah, I, I fought it for a long time, figured out its thing, picked up like likes zone. Like yeah. likes are back, baby. Like likes are back, and they're more like sea cucumbers than ever, and that they can spit their innards out, and that's their weak point. Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I never knew I wanted the like likes back, but now that they're back, um, they're great, and I love that they're here. I this was in some dialogue. I think Pose are back. I think they are too. Yeah, like likes are back. Pose are back. I will say, uh, love it as a new enemy. Hate the name. Have you been? Have you fought a tree yet? Oh yeah, just a tree. You know what those are called? Oh no, what are they called? I saw it on a tooltip. Ever means. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> They're called ever means. Culture, culture is over. We we finally found it. What we were working toward this entire time, it was it was the pun ever mean. We figured out the best word, the best pun, and the best enemy name, and it's ever mean. I I do love that they are literally just a tree. I I like that they have exactly the same weaknesses that trees have. Yep. If you and if you don't have an axe, oh boy. Although you can set them on fire. Yeah. If you're like me, you keep that thang on you, which is to say, a sword with a flamethrower attached to it. <laughs> yes, that thang. <laughs> you keep that thang on you. Wow. Um, it's it's just such a good game. Even talking about it now, I'm like, why are we podcasting? Why are we not playing it right now? But of course, you would ask that, John. Hmm. Much like the guilty party, you are projecting. I think I do protest too much. Are you playing it right now? Oh, does this answer your question? God dang you, Ganondorf! Let go of my horse. <laughs> That pesky Ganondorf always snatching your horse up. Ganondorf got my horse again. Dang. Oh, man. He's so annoying. Uh, But yes, I was playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom. So if that's where you commented, uh, you get $10,000. That timestamp, whatever it was. Yep. And we'll uh, restore your hearing and your sight and Mm. then teach you of the ways... Of seizing the means of production. <laughs> yes, you'll seize the means of production with your new sight, your new sound, uh, and, and 10, you get a free 000. copy of Tears of the Kingdom and $10,000. $10,000 worth of rocks to pelt at the buildings. Yes, no switch, though. No. Nah, you get the right. game, no switch. And you know what? Good luck leading a communist or socialist revolution and seizing the means of production when you have Tears of the Kingdom because the circus and bread make a brain go dumb. You know, I was thinking about this and uh, rider strike going on, uh, railroad workers quitting en masse in protest of not, literally getting one day a month off. Mm-hmm. I think Tears of the Kingdom was made to suppress the complaints of the working man. Oh, no. It's a shame that I'm just going to keep playing it and not thinking about the working man. Yeah. All these, like the writer strike, which I, we've yet to actually cover or talk about in any great lengths or details. I do want to say real quick, we yeah. do stand in do. solidarity with our friends in the WGA. Yeah. Executives need to stop getting multi-million dollar payouts while workers 
uh, work 12 hour days, often through the night to push these projects to completion. So for this episode and only this episode, I am giving you a pass on having a well-written and researched episode. Well, boy, I'm glad finally I got a pass. That's great. Um, because if you wrote one word, you'd be a scab. That's see, that's the thing. I've been telling my my job that since the strike started that I can't in good faith write anything right now because there's a strike on and I mm-hmm. know I'm not in the WGA, but I do stand with them and I stand for them. I, I, I mean, you're a writer. You're a guy in America. You're you're a, you're your own WGA. You're right, white guy in America. <laughs> <laughs> I meant a writer, but right writer guy, guy in America. America. Writer writer guy in America. God help us if the white guys of America go on strike. No, that that'd be pretty okay. Actually, that's the demo that we most need to motivate to go on strike. But that's. This is where the systemic problem of the patriarchy comes in to bite us in the butt, other than all the other ways it already does. But yeah, the people who most benefit from the systems of power are the least likely to rebel against it, and therefore, uh, we're fucked. (laughs) This is one of those rare times when you can actually use identity politics to describe the class conflict, whereas all the other times when people try, it's just using identity politics to distract us from the class conflict. Yeah, I mean, identity and class, those politics are immensely linked together. Yeah. But what were we talking about? Fucking laser beams on a shield. We were talking about laser beams, writer's strike, Rauru, the first king of Hyrule. Yeah, I think we should do, we're definitely going to cover. Link's gross arm now. It's it's got, he needs to cut his nails, right? Do you get like... Not Majora's Mask vibes, but you know how like one in every five Zelda games is like, that's a little, feels a little weird. Feels like something weird is going on here. I mean, Link uh, lost his fucking arm in the first five minutes of the game. (laughs) But like when you get a heart container, a little little, bit of evil tentacle stuff comes off you. I'm like, what's that about? I get um, real big Princess Moanoke. Oh lives. yeah, big big Princess Mononoke from the right. from the tentacle beams. Tentacle beams, like the wiggling corruption, and I think I think every time you get a heart container or like a little light's blessing, it's more like you are filled with dark corruption. Yeah, um, it lives it like in it, it losing your your arm was the first thing of infected, but it more spilled out. It's like cancer, I guess. Like they they amputated the cancerous site, but like it's spread throughout the body and it hasn't metastasized yet. And each little heart container you get is like more and more of those little tumors dying off. Maybe. I I wonder. I don't know. There's a part of me and I don't know. People have probably finished this game already. Uh, I don't know. I feel like something, something weird's going on. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe I feel so. like I feel like the story of this game is prime to do something interesting or sad or tragic that like i don't know if you were sitting on breath of the wild one of the most played and beloved video games for six years wouldn't you want to do something a little majora's masky and weird with it at some point i mean same engine 
Um, you you can't. You already told your your story that you tell. You know. Oh my hero. god, the Majora's Mask comparison is perfect. Same yeah. engine. Yeah, yeah, and, and you've already covered the main version of the story that you usually tell. Uh-huh. You know, we, we beat the evil by banding together and uniting people, etc. Um, so it's like, yeah, they got to do. They got to pull a different move. Yeah, they brought Ganondorf back, but. Uh, I, I feel like you're right. I feel like something different is going on or like there should be something different going on. Cause if they're just going to tell the same sort of story that they always tell, then it's like, well, that's less inspired than like, what if something weird happens? You know? I mean, something weird is definitely happening with like Zelda, for instance, the first blood moon cutscene is like, Oh yeah. She's not talking to you like someone she knows. I, she she says this weird yeah. dark blood moon poem, and even the language of this game has this like weird darkness to it, where they talk about like monsters once again being given flesh. Right. I I, there, I think there's definitely something behind the curtains going on with Zelda. I've got yeah. my own kind of like fan theory about it. I don't really want to vocalize it, um, but we'll see as we keep going through this game. If something weird is indeed happening. We'll see. We won't say on the podcast to uh, save people no. from spoilers. But man, the Master Swords decayed. I that's, mean, right? that's a, and That's a way. That's a huge difference, huh? It's a huge difference, man. That's some crazy shit. It's going to be crazy. Is this the second Zelda game that is, other than, I guess, um, friggin' Spirit Tracks, is this the only other... Zelda game that's a direct sequel other than Majora's Mask, which Majora's Mask isn't like really a direct sequel, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's the same Child Link. Um, it's an alternate reality where Child Link maybe dies. Yeah. Maybe falls into a tree pit and dies. Who knows? Maybe, maybe that's purgatory. Who knows? Uh, Moon's but then, big. But then he's returned uh, at the end of the game. He's returned to, to Hyrule. Moon's big. The moon's big. Uh, direct sequels. Uh, there has been just the ones that you just talked about. Um, Wind Waker to Phantom Hourglass to Spirit Tracks are all direct. Actually, wait. Sorry. Just Wind Waker to Phantom Hourglass is a direct sequel. Spirit Tracks is technically a different link. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the same cycle in the same sort of universe. But yeah, um, direct sequels to Zelda games rarely ever happened this is one of the the few actual occurrences of that yeah and you know what i'm here for it make it weird make it weird it's the same link we're playing I, playing as the same link same link longer hair he's a hundred and something years old he's been resurrected like twice <laughs> he's, i uh he probably then, has so much trauma he can't really vocalize because we keep insisting he's a silent protagonist even though he clearly talks to people i here's a a quibble that i had it's not even a criticism this was just a secret hope yeah it's like you're very clearly like uh separated from the events of what's happening on hyrule post the mummy waking up and you're on the sky island with a temple of time in it and I really thought they were going to pull like a Ocarina of Time first half to Ocarina of Time second half thing. Oh, yeah. And when you got down to Hyrule, like a ton of time would have passed. 
Uh, we kept waiting. So, yeah, Jamie was Because they keep hinting, play. like, talking yeah. about this indeterminate amount of time that's passed that Link's been out. I'm like, wouldn't right. it be cool if, like, hundreds of years have passed? Like a second breath of the world. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, but, yeah, no, I... I that it's it's everybody recognizes link everybody knows where he was before he vanished along with zelda so it's like okay it's it's recent um but i and people are surprised it feels like it's been like anywhere between like two to five years well what's funny is i i misread a line and, and um i thought somebody talking to link was like oh we searched for you too and my mind put in years Mm. it's like we searched for you for two years and i was like oh my god it's been two years and i, I hit the log button to review and it's like no we just searched for you too as in you and zelda mm-hmm. and it, like, it must oh. have been a few years like they built lookout landing and a lot of stuff is different we don't know if they were building that before zelda and link went underground Ah, uh, yeah that's true we don't know yeah, yeah. totally um shit then yeah, enough time passed for Zelda get, to get a new hairstyle and for Link to no longer put his hair up in little little um, hair circles. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what they're they, uh, they got better hair tech. Yeah, they got better hair tech. But yeah, uh, I, w- I was waiting for a, a definite, like, it's been months, it's been years kind of thing. But mm-hmm. like, I think it's been like, you know, uh, maybe a day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's it's been a little, I don't know. Yeah, time uh, time per, definitely passed. An interminable Pura per, Pura is older, but there was a, a weird, very Japanese thing going on there anyway. Oh yeah, she's over a hundred years old in the first game. She looks like a child. Now she looks like uh-huh, she's twenty. Of Who cares? Of course, whatever. the demon the demon looks like a child. The demon is a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but now yeah. I, I like to imagine the people who like made the game were like, that was weird. And the guy who had that idea has been fired. So just <laughs> Just make her an adult now. Yeah, yeah. He's been fired for reasons that did not make it out to the public. So let's just be a normal game now. He's been fired. We put him on a ship. He's gone. Yeah. We put him on a ship that had a fan attached to the back of it. It was was a piece of wood, really. Um, Took a little while for it to get started, like two seconds. But then he was gone. We had to max out his battery meter so he could really be gone. Yeah. And we didn't realize that like there was a wheel that was kind of close to that fan when we turned it on. So that turned on addition to the fan. So our battery <laughs> drained a lot. Oh my gosh. It's a good game. I want to it's play amazing it game. every second I have. And I can the moment after we finish podcasting, I'm going to go play it. Yeah. I just, I real world stuff keeps getting in the way and that's good i like i like living in a real world don't don't get me wrong but at the same time it's like i i i just want to all i think about is this game it is uh it really is like when i was a kid and this is why i keep buying zelda games absolutely um except skyward sword didn't make me feel for some reason like uh, twilight princess and skyward sword just didn't make me feel right right uh, and i can't explain why but this is why i keep playing zelda games is it reminds me of the day i got my super nintendo and my super nintendo came with a link to the past and i played it and hours would disappear it was yeah. all i could think about it was all i wanted to do and then i got ocarina of time same thing all i could think about all i wanted to do hours would pass until i finished it 
uh wind waker same thing breath of the wild same thing tears it these are the only video games that make me feel like a kid legitimately yeah no absolutely i for the first time in years i had a day where i forgot to eat and did not feel hungry because yeah I was being fed by them sweet, sweet video games. I even bought some of the more recent Pokemons. And I think Pokemon and Zelda are probably the two video games or Nintendo franchises that I've played the most. And like, I'll I'll be playing a Pokemon game. I'm like, well, that's a nice quality of life improvement. Oh, that's interesting. The difference. Like, I'm intellectualizing it. Mm Mm-hmm. But when I play this game, I'm like, that's cool. The thing I'm seeing is cool. And I love being here and doing this. Like, I'm... Yeah, I'm no, I'm no longer in my super ego when I am playing this game. It, it, it is completely a return to childhood. Yeah, in a way that only Zelda can can pull off because it's it's that discovery, and I think you're doing it absolutely correct. Avoid all media discussing it. Discover things on your own because then it's just like you discovered something. You've got this this little discovery that's yours and yours alone. You can share it with friends and they talk about it in a way that's just like, you're not just going online yeah, and finding out where everything is to get done with the game as fast as possible. It's like, no, I'm going to live here for probably the next couple of months. This will be the game I play. I, it, it's so hard to do, but like I recommend it to anyone. Cause like I was playing the last of us part two recently. Great game. Uh, and like, I just looked up like, Hey, how far through the game am I? Cause I kind of dragged on. And the one thing I saw was like, Oh, you could have picked up this collectible. And I realized I hadn't. And then the rest of that game, there was this nagging voice in the back of my <laughs> head you being like this collectible being like the thing you're doing now is great but are you missing a collectible yeah or if if i found out some facet of tears of the kingdom that i could be caring about but i just don't know about well i'm attaching wheels to each other at 45 <laughs> degrees to make one giant wheel <laughs> yeah uh covered in flamethrowers in the back of my mind i'd be thinking like oh there's this other like more meta thing i could be doing rather than this thing right now and i don't Uh, want that yeah i recently replayed metroid prime uh remastered and uh i for the first time ever was like i'm gonna collect everything i'm gonna scan everything i can and i got up to like in a message that's like you scanned 75 percent of things i was like oh well i'm just curious what am i missing and there are like two creatures in the game that only show up in one room once great and it's like, if you don't scan them in that room during that sequence, you can never scan them. And so for the rest of the game, I was like, well, as good as this is, I fucking messed up and didn't scan the fucking aquatic drone yeah. when I had the chance. And now it'll never be back. And I'm sure there's going to be some point in Tears of the Kingdom where I have to like, I don't know, climb on a dragon or something. <laughs> you it's know, not something, something tedious, like climbing on a dragon but i'm I'm sure i'm gonna have to do something like that yeah and i'm gonna get frustrated and it won't be immediately obvious and what i'm really gonna try to avoid doing is looking up how to get on dragon yeah tears of the kingdom because then i'll know the optimal way to do it and every time i see that dragon i'm like oh i gotta do the thing the, the person on polygon told me to do yeah 
but I'm going to make my own way to get on that dragon. And it's going to be with wheels and rockets and fans and a horse. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you did it your way is the only thing that matters. In these I wonder games. if you put, wonder if you put a block on the towing harness for your horse and put rockets on it. If you could get a rocket <laughs> horse. Oh my God. Rocket horse. We gotta, we gotta, Okay. We got to wrap Just, this up. We, we got to wrap got, this up so we can rocket horse. We got experiments to do. We got to see if a rocket horse is possible. A rocket horse is possible if you dream it. If you dream it. Um, man, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, hearing two 30-year-old grown adult idiots talk about Zelda for 45 minutes. <laughs> That's It's really all we could do. It's the biggest thing happening in our lives yeah. right now. Honestly, it, it, it's the biggest thing happening for a lot of people right now. Like Tears of the Kingdom has dominated my work conversations. It's dominated mm-hmm. your secret group chat. At your my work, secret slacks. Your secret slacks that are now public knowledge. Mm. Uh, shout outs to John's bots. Nobody knows where I work. No, I'm I'm saying they're gonna they're listening to you. Oh, uh, then tell me how much time you put in, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Um, uh, apologies to Kyle. <laughs> My, hey, listen. Apologies to Kyle. Apologies to Kyle. And if you want to tell us about your adventures in the new Hyrule, the above, as above, so is below. What's the name of that movie? Uh, What Lies Beneath. There's a French movie with a different name. Oh, Le Fleur de Mal. That's it. Uh, if you want to tell us about your adventures in Hyrule, you can do so in the following ways. You can send us a tweet on Elon Musk's stepping down as CEO, twitter.com, uh, at zcpcwhj on twitter.com. And I believe John knows what that stands for. Uh, that stands for, wait, you can put a laser on your shield and when you block a laser will come out. Hell Maybe if you target yeah. a Hinox's eye Ooh, and then block, you'll just shoot it in the eye with a laser? A laser, yeah. It drains put, the fuck out of battery, though. Put a wheel on a horse? Put a wheel on a horse. That's right. That's what that stands for. Um, I feel like since Elon Musk is stepping down from Twitter, he will not bankrupt it. But there's still seven months of the year to go. Uh, You can send us a longer message via email or send us a business opportunity at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. That's our email address for the meantime and probably for a long time as we're going to be playing tears of the kingdom instead of solving email problems. Uh, We are on every major Spotify carrier. We are on every major podcast carrying app out there. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon, all the pod, all the apps that end in podcasts, we're there. Uh, if you could leave a rating and or review on those apps, that will be great because it helps us show up and discoverability more often and lets more people know about the show. But if that's too much, all we ask from you, the bare minimum, is to tell someone about our show. Uh, This could be a friend. It could be an enemy. It could be a moblin. It could be a bokoblin. It could be a horoblin. Any of the blins, 
Tell them about our podcast. Tell them about Zero Credits. We only talk about Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. That's the only thing we've ever discussed in 301 numbered episodes. Tell them that and tell them to listen. And then you're done forever. You'll never have to do it again. But please keep doing it because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. And I, I just want everyone to know how deep the sickness goes and vulnerability is important. I realize that because Henry is doing the social media plugs that I have to edit. Uh, and that made me realize that that is something I can just do where I get to sit for about an hour listening to something and just playing Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. So I get to be productive yeah. and play Tears of the Kingdom. This is great news. Yep. That's a time tax write-off right there because you'll be doing the work. You'll be like, if you hear anything, you'll take it out. Um, but yeah, you can be playing the game at the same time. That's a time tax write-off for sure. I'm going to get that time back in heaven. Yeah, (laughs) that's how life taxes work, right? Absolutely, for sure. (laughs) Man, any time you spent that looks like you didn't enjoy it, you get that time back in heaven. And it's time for me to go back to heaven, which is to say the Sky Island where I met my furry King Rauru. Um, I think furries are going to get really into the Zonai I, that, I think that's presumptuous. We don't know what people are attracted to. And you know what? Furries are really going to get into the, the zone I don't know anything about because I don't really know anything about furry culture. Apparently, some of them are snakes. Scalies. Scalies. That can't be real. From everyone here <laughs> at the Zero Credits, nothing but Scalies studios you know i i i i i've been really i've been reading about this russian video game called fear and hunger apparently there's this thing called a surgle fear and hunger is weird fear and hunger is weird um but apparently i don't know it's like a snake cat studios we'd like to wish you a happy week (laughs) goodbye goodbye